You're listening to Latin Experts, a podcast of Latino studies at the University of Texas at Austin. Latin Experts features the voices of faculty, staff, and students, as well as friends and alumni of the Department of Mexican American and Latina Latino Studies, the Latino Research Institute, and the Center for Mexican American Studies. Join us for this episode of Latin Experts. Why is visual media representation important to Latinos? I'm Karma Chavez, and this is Latin Experts. Latinos have been active photographers nearly from the inception of the medium, but are more or less absent from standard histories of photography. This has meant that Western curators, media, and academics have paid little attention to Latino photographers, despite their extensive body of work. Well, Texas native and Austin resident Raj Rodriguez is a leader in this medium. Rodriguez's work has been acquired by four museums in their permanent collections. These museums include the Museum of Fine Arts of Houston, the San Antonio Museum of Art, the National Museum of Mexican Art in Chicago, and the La Plaza de Cultura y Arte in Los Angeles. His new book, Mi Sangre, which will be out later this year from Hache Kantz, began as a photo documentation of a personal journey to retrace his Mexican heritage and soon evolved into a broader project aimed at highlighting Mexican culture on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. Everyday life, culture, and popular iconography in Mexico are documented here, but portrayed as they are seen in Mexico and as Mexican-Americans in the U.S. reinterpret them. With each of the subjects portrayed, Rodriguez engaged in sometimes casual, sometimes insightful conversations. Mi sangre includes proud and elegant charros, beautiful and skilled escaramuzas, joyful and coy children, wise and innocent elders, vibrant and talented mariachi musicians, loving and welcoming families, and Rodriguez's reinterpretations of Loteria iconography. In addition to the beautiful photography, the Honorable Henry Cisneros wrote an introductory essay Dolores Huerta provided a foreword, and Chich Marin offered an endorsement on the jacket, among other important contributors. And we get a chance to talk to Raj about his work here. So, Raj, welcome to Latin Experts. Thank you for inviting me. So I am so excited about your work. I've only seen it in PDF form, obviously, but it's beautiful. And I guess I'm interested to start with how you got into photography in the first place. Uh, Funny story. It's... um, uh, it started as an elective because I was majoring in graphic designing over at the University of Houston. And, of course, I had to choose between uh, silkscreen, pottery, photography, and I forget whatever, what, what other medium. So I chose photography. Mm-hmm. And what completely took over was I was creating something through this medium, and I just instantly fell in love. Mm. Uh, my background is chemical photography, where mm-hmm. you process your own film, develop, uh, and and so the, the smell of D seventy six in the dark room with uh, you know uh, some nice jazz music in the background <laughs> and a bottle of wine. You there in the dark room? That was uh, it, it. Was such a romance, yeah. right? Uh, to to be in control of what you're creating the dodging and the burning and then you come out with this beautiful print like i made this so that only uh solidified my belief that you know i can i can do this yeah uh so back then 
I was naive to the fact that I didn't know you, you could make a career out of this. Right. So um, hailing from Houston, I started to assist a lot of local photographers. Uh, and that was primarily like shooting annual reports, corporate headshots, nothing glamorous, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then one day a New York photographer came down to Houston to photograph Destiny's Child. And uh, since I was on the roster of assistant photographers there in Houston, called me up. I said yes. And at the end of the assignment, he's like, you know what? I really like how you work. If you ever decide to pursue this as a career and come up to New York, give me a call. I said, thank you, but no. I mean, New York City, because New York City back then in my head was from what I saw in the movies. Yeah. Death Wish movies, Joe's apartment, (laughs) you know. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, thank you, but no. So fast forward a month, he emails me again. He says, listen, before you say no again, think about it. Yeah. I did. I bit the bullet. Sold most of my gear uh, in truck and I flew over to New York City to give it a shot. Uh, and you know, being the first one to leave the family nest, it, it, yes, it was very intimidating. It was scary. I was scared. Yeah. I was genuinely like, what did I just do? <laughs> you know, there I am on the flight over. Yeah. Uh, and so, but make that long story short, got off the plane, hit the ground running. I wound up working with a photographer for a year. Uh, but within that year, I started to network, getting my name out there because I wanted to work with other photographers there uh, whose work I admired. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that my hard work paid off. Before long, I was working with Mark Seliger, Terry Richardson, Brigitte Lacombe, Mary Ellen Mark, uh, Ruben Afanador, uh, Michael Mueller, Nathaniel Walsh. Big photographers, yeah. right? And I was traveling the world. Oh, my God. I was traveling the world. I was going to these exotic places that I had only seen in TV shows or in magazines. And, you know, it's like mentally I was still that poor Mexican kid. Yeah. But on the outside, I'm like, yes, yes, I've uh-huh. worked hard for this. Totally. Uh, and so so that definitely each assignment by assisting these photographers made me that much more of a better assistant mm-hmm. because I knew one day I was going to go out on my own. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that happened. In 2006, I decided to leave the uh, masochistic world of the photo assistant <laughs> to go out on my own. Yeah. Uh, but within that time, having having flown to New York City in and of itself was such a life-changing experience. I remember the first week I was there riding in one of the uh, subway cars. I looked around and never before in my life have I been surrounded by so many different cultures, so many different people. I instantly fell in love with New York City. Um, but by living and working in New York City nonstop with the hustle and bustle, I started to kind of like, I was losing my identity Mm. of sorts. Yeah. I was, I felt like I was just becoming another drone, Mm -hmm. another rat in the maze. And so, um, it was actually through, um, uh, Leela Downs, uh, who's a big, super big, famous uh, singer and songwriter from uh, Oaxaca, Mexico. Her music really resonated with me. Uh, at first, it was oh, I love the I love her music, you know. But then it started the words, the lyrics started to click, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to go out and discover who I am, yeah. where I come from. Yeah. So, uh, back in 2005, that's when I started this personal project to reconnect my identity okay right uh so it was uh uh it was a pretty 
unbeknownst to me at the time, it was going to be a much bigger adventure than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in your intro to your book, Misangre, you write that I look to capture pride in visual form. Will you talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, Pride in the sense, orgullo, um, you know, not only saying that I'm I'm proud to be Mexican-American, I'm proud that my parents uh, made their sacrifices. It's the visual form of... Uh, of people actually continuing to practice their culture through music, through uh, through outfits, through cooking, mm-hmm. through uh, through the language and dance and so forth. So, to me, that was the visual form, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like uh, I was just putting uh, to me mentally, I was putting a video to the music that mm-hmm. I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was the visual form. And so uh, I count my blessings that uh, uh, I've developed quite an eye in capturing something that I would love to see. Yeah. So at, from that perspective. So I, uh, with each photograph that I took, there's got to be at least two or three or four hours worth of investment in conversing with a person before I photograph them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't want this to be an impersonal, uh, at a distance photo project. I wanted, I wanted the person to know me and what it was that I was trying to accomplish mm-hmm. in this entire project. And um, what started out as a personal project just exploded internationally. Mm. Right. Uh, and I give a lot of thanks to um, uh, Ann Wilkes Tucker, who at the time was a senior um, photography curator at the Museum of Fine Arts of Houston, mm-hmm. which opened the doors to the fine art gallery museum world. Um, and so uh, she uh, she called me up, told me that uh, she would like to acquire the work for, for the collection. It, there I am in New York, in the apartment, <laughs> crying, right, on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, yes, of course, you know. Uh and and that door opened another door and then it opened up another door. And then, you know, you started to build the equity in the work Yeah. where I was not, not just a, you know, a, a one time, you know, a one time hit wonder type yeah. thing. So it, it definitely developed and it started getting the attention of many fine art collectors, curators. And so that it just it just re- reinforced my confidence. And what it was that I was doing, what I was trying to accomplish, that, wow, other people see that as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very, very uh, uh, humbling. It was very cool. Yeah. And, you know, just it just, like, really solidified my belief. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love that. Well, so you had Dolores Huerta write um, the foreword to the book, and um, which I thought her piece was lovely. And, of course, it's so wonderful that she's in the book as well, given her stature among Latino people. And she invites readers as they're looking at these beautiful images, close-up images, uh, just interesting imagery. She says that she she wants readers to imagine the stories behind the pictures. And so I wondered, imagining is one thing, but people can't see it yet. So maybe you can introduce us to a couple of the stories of of folks that you talked with for two, three, four hours before capturing their image. Oh, absolutely. I think... um, (sighs) The images that, to me mentally, will always remain iconic 
would be weathered hands. Mm. A, you know, a very subtle, sincere smile uh, from someone. The gestures, uh, the the uh, it, it's it's like the innocence in both the seniors that I photographed, uh, the the innocence in children that I photographed. Uh, it's just those little nuances where I think uh, people can connect with the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had um, uh, this one this one uh, director in Harlem. Uh, he saw my work and he really stopped at this one image of uh, of a uh, of a farmer's hands, mm-hmm. weathered, beautiful hands. Uh, he started crying. He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, it reminds me of my grandfather." Yeah, you know. Uh, so it's like that, or a simple gesture, or you know, a smile from you know from your abuela. You remember it. 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 Uh, you know, I call it that rat tattooey moment where in the movie he takes the bite. <laughs> And it flashes him back to his yeah, childhood. Totally, you know, that, to his yeah. first bite of, of of that dish. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm glad that people connect with the images because, you know, everyone's got their story, their memory of someone they know personally or someone that uh, that they may have read about. Uh, so I think, uh, I think it's very um, uh, reassuring that people truly have a genuine connection with with uh with the photographs in the book mm-hmm. so i think it's very special I, I i really do each image um is testament to uh not only the time invested that i took with these people to to get to know them they me what it was that i'm doing but the miles that i've traveled mm-hmm. over the years because this project started in 2005 and I took my last photograph in 2016. Wow. So it's to me it is your life at a glance. Mhm. Right? You know the 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 hours, the miles flown, driven, getting lost in rural roads in Mexico. <laughs> and let me tell you GPS is not is not too kind in between the mountains over there. Yeah. So but um that's when I relied on on the generosity of people, you know, guiding me in the right direction. So this entire project also reflects a collaborative effort Mm -hmm. from my family, my wife, you know, uh, uh, we were doing our sacrifices, uh, you know, her being in New York, we just started a, 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 a young family. Uh, and there I am traveling, covering this because I needed, to recharge my batteries mm-hmm. that that's what it also became yeah. uh, an opportunity for me to recharge my batteries and through this project uh, it just realigned my true north mm-hmm. so to speak uh and i i found my identity not only as a person but as a latino as a mexican-american as a son of uh immigrants um as an artist mm-hmm. so i think it it definitely has brought me to who i am now yeah. All of those experiences. Yeah. I, I, I love that you laid all that out. And I want to just pick up on something you said about the, the duration of the work, because I think maybe for students or young people or maybe everyone right now, there's a fast pacedness. Um, people want the work to get done. And, you know, people are searching for YouTube or TikTok fame or, you know, these things by kind of this instant gratification, I guess. Um, and what you've described is the the slow pacing and the duration of the work and the work that is both 
uh, deeply personal, but just the actual labor to do it well. And I guess I just wanted to ask you to expand on that. Like, what does it really take to do the quality of work that you do? It's not something that's going to happen in an instant, right? No, of course. Uh, When I started this, I knew I was about to embark on one hell of a journey. Mm. I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I made sure I had the proper, if I could use the metaphors, I made sure I had the proper hiking boots. I'm not Mm. going to wear my sneakers to a 500-mile journey, Mm -hmm. right? So I knew early on that this was going to be bigger Mm -hmm. down the road. It wasn't just going to be a one-time assignment, a personal assignment, right? Yeah. So uh, why I emphasize it was a personal assignment because it wasn't for a client where I was paid to find an image, like that extra added pressure, like, oh, I I better deliver. No, this was... It was a reset, mental, emotional, and spiritual reset for me to go down. I could have easily gone, uh, uh, flown back to Houston, sure, and you know, document. But no, my 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 parents being from Mexico, we would tra- they would take us to Mexico to, for summer breaks, birthdays, you name it, right? So a lot of that magic stayed with me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to re- rediscover that magic. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't go back to the same towns where, you know, uh, I decided to go all over Mexico, just like the cliche, wherever the wind took me. Yeah, I went. Uh, so I think that's where the the uh, the adrenaline, the excitement um, really took into play to like, this is a new experience. Let me photograph it. Here's a beautiful person I just met. Got to talking. Let me photograph them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so it was. Um, it was definitely uh, uh, there was some prep work. I knew uh, I was gonna return to Mexico, uh, and and so it 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 was definitely. It was not an endeavor for instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like when you post something on Facebook and you're just like waiting for the likes, waiting for the. <laughs> no, this was way before then. So I'm glad. Um, and I was pretty late to jump on the whole social media bandwagon. Yeah. Um, but but to me, no, it was like the mo- taking a cab over to JFK, the flight over. I was mentally releasing everything. Right. As far as like expectations, just like, hey, whoever I meet, wherever I go, that's going to be my day. Mm hmm. Um, and it was, uh, I think it's important now for the Latinx youth to just kind of like, you know what? No need to rush something like this. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it, it really was, uh, it, 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 I mean, yes. I mean, it's human nature to all, to want instant gratification. Right. Um, but for something like this, I wanted this may be the only big project I ever, ever do for myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take my time for it to be right rather yeah. than living with regret like, oh, I should have not rushed that. Yeah. Oh, man, I should have I should have gone here to take that photograph. Oh, I, I, I hurry too much. Uh, so it was like, OK, that's why many I kept Delta Airlines out of Mexico in business, you know, <laughs> sure. Um and and so, but, but no, it was it was exciting. It it, it really was. Uh, it it was 
it was a journey of rediscovery. Uh-huh. My myself, right? Uh, as a Latino, as Mexican American, as son of immigrant, this is you know. So so it it makes me all reflect to the sacrifices that my parents made. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they left their country to come here. Yeah, you know. Um, so it so it also became a uh, uh, a sort of retrospect and giving thanks mm-hmm. to their sacrifices. Yeah, uh, such a beautiful culture, such a beautiful peoples. You know, uh, don't get me started on the mole. Oh, there's some good <laughs> stuff there. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it it really it it enhanced. It opened up different sensories visually. Uh, mentally, yeah. you know, it 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 really became a life changing experience for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really did become a better person overall in appreciation who I am. This one little micro thread in this big tapestry that we all live in here in the United States of America. Yeah, you know, hasn't Definitely. been so united lately, but we're we're we are a fabric. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. That's 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 pretty much uh, uh, that that overall overall experience. Yeah, yeah. I I I I love that you expanded on. That. I love hearing about that. So we're we're winding down to the end of our time. Um, the question that I posed. So all of these episodes that we do on Latin experts are a question, and so I framed this conversation around. Uh, the importance of visual media representation for Latinos. And so I want to pitch that question to you. Um, Why is it important to have Latino representation, whether we're talking about the high arts or popular culture? Being from pop culture to fine art to to any medium, from from the uh, motion picture industry to the music industry uh, to the the cooking industry, right? I think there... There, there, there can't be no taxation without representation, right? It's good to see someone like you, someone like me in a movie, mm-hmm. someone like me that can produce this beautiful piece of art and mm-hmm. it be revered and respected and, and, and uh, admired uh, because I think it's, uh, you know, kind of like uh, <laughs> if I could use this term, uh, if I go to my doctor and my doctor looks like me, uh, I'm gonna listen to him what he has to say. Yeah, you know, as opposed to not having that connection, mm-hmm. right, to someone who doesn't look like me. Be like, okay, what, what does this guy know? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important to to have that representation. Um, uh, it's it's good to see that representation, but in a positive light, right? Not the stereotypes in the movie industry. We're, yeah. we're no longer the gangsters and the drug dealers and you know mm-hmm. uh, the pimps and so forth and so on. We're people with education with a voice um so i think that's very empowering uh, especially for the latinx youth mm-hmm. um uh, the, and the next generation it, it's good for them to 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 identify with that struggle and that representation in a positive light uh again it's it's great to have that uh in in pop culture and fine art a music industry uh, be it from Cardi B all the way to Jorge Guiteres, mm-hmm. um, who, who, by the way, is another contributor in my book. Yeah. Uh, whose yeah. work I absolutely love and admire. Um, and then over to the movie industry. 
you know, being from the directors to the actors, from Diego Luna to Jorge, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's very empowering to see, yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it. I, I, why, why can't I? Sure. You know? So I think it's, um, it's, it's all about positive reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's going to be a great place for us to end our conversation. Awesome. Awesome. Um, again, our guest today uh, is the photographer Raj Rodriguez talking about his forthcoming book, Mi Sangre, which will be out in November. Uh, Raj, thank you so much for being here today. Gracias. Uh, again, folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm Karma Chavez, and this has been Latin Experts. Hi, all. This is Ashley Nava Monteros, the Communications Associate at Latino Studies. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to check out the Latino Studies Instagram page. Follow us at Latino Studies UT to keep the conversation going.